Today's daf, this daf of Zayin, will begin at the Mishnah halfway down of Zayin Amid Aleph. The Mishnah now is discussing the fourth category of Minadorim that the Chachamim said are Mutarim, meaning that they do not require even a Pesach or Sha'ila that automatically the nether falls away. The nether, in fact, was not restricted at all. So we had the Nidre Zeruzim, we had the uh, Nidre Havai, we had Nidre Shigagos, and now we have the last category, which are called Nidre Onesim. Now, what exactly are Nidre Onesim? So, on Chabdalid, we explained the case he's talking about where the uh, host says to the guest, I would like you to invite me and I'm planning on coming. And to show my commitment, I would like you to impose a netter upon me that if I don't show up, then I'll become usher to your assets. And so the guest is planning on coming. The host listens to the guest and makes the netter. And then the guest is unable to come because of something beyond his control. In such a case, him not showing should trigger the netter. But if the reason he didn't show was an onus, it does not trigger the netter. That's going to be the example. We're going to have three different categories, three different examples of it, and the Ron explains beautifully the difference between the, the, the categories. Now, let's see this side. The, the host imposed on the, on the guest a nether that he has to eat by him, and if he doesn't, his assets will be ushered to the guest. But the guest got sick. No, his son got sick, making it difficult for him to come. Or that the river swelled, and you're going to see the difference between this case and later on in the Gemara. This was the case it was unexpected. There was a melting of the snow, something that did not normally occur and was not expected to happen. So he could not uh, plan for it. And we say that the, even though the host did not mention them when he made the nether, he just seemed to say, unconditionally, you don't come, the nether is triggered. But we say that his intent clearly was not to trigger the nether. His intent is wanted the host to come. But if the host would not have been able to be there due to an onus, he would not have wanted to impose the nether, and therefore the nether is not triggered by an onus if the guest is not able to come. Now, so says the one like this. Ahu Gavra, the one brings down the following story. Ahu Gavra, the Aspis Zachvosa Devedino. There was a case over here where there, the plaintiff, he's demanding that the defendant turn over property that he claims is his. And he has some riots. However, he is concerned that the riots that he has, documentation, is not sufficient. And he asks for more time to extend to be able to bring more proof that, in fact, the uh, <coughs> to make sure that the to, that, that that he's able to uh, make it an ironclad case that the plain, that the the defendant will have to turn over the property to the plaintiff. Now, what he does. Is that he's, he, he's the the uh, uh, the courts demand that he hand over whatever documentation he has right now uh, to show that he has something, but he to uh, to show how emphatic he is that he knows that he 
is in the is in the right and that he can get the evidence needed to show that it's 100% his, he makes the following stipulation, that if I don't return within 30 days with new information, then based in have a right to grant this property free and clear to the plaintiff. It means whatever evidence I have can be ignored and the, to, to the, and the defendant will own the land free and clear. So he gives over what evidence he has to the Basin and says that it will not be used against the defendant if I don't return within 30 days with more evidence. So again, so let's see his insights. That he handed over the documents that have in his merit, he handed over to the Basin that shows that the defendant owes him the property. Again, it wasn't ironclad, but Amar He says, if I don't come back within 30 days, don't think I'm just trying to blow you off. If I don't come back within 30 days, so then you can annul whatever merits I have handed over to you. So itness and onus happened. Duran says his son got sick. And he was not able to come. Something that he was not planning on happening, couldn't make it. So what happens now? Is it trigger the, uh, the, 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 uh, his, his, his not being there triggers what he has said would happen and that now it annuls his merits that he has or does it not? So Amar Ravuna says no, he's not being there even though it was against his will, he's not being there triggers that the, stipula- the stipulation and his rights are annulled. Amalei Rova, honestly, that that shouldn't be a triggering event. It was an onus. For honest Rahmana Patra, where we know when someone does something as an onus, it's not held against him. It's not held to his detriment when something happens beyond his control. Primary case of that is the Chsivla Narlai that it says that a woman who was raped even if she was a Nara Murasa, that she's married and betrothed, you cannot hold that against her. Losasa Davar, that we consider it as if not, she did nothing. That you don't do anything to her because we do not consider her action hers. It's not hers. She wasn't in control of her actions because someone forced her. So you see that if an onus, something happens, the person's not in control of an action when he's been forced. And therefore, it should not be a triggering event either if through an onus a person is not able to show up. That is the position of Rava. The Sarah uh, Sashasa uh, should say Rava through the circuit. Katolashani. Now maybe you'll say is that we're more lenient when there's life and death situation. Pasuk says Vitzilu Haedo that Basin have to go out of their way to try and protect somebody in cases of capital offenses. So maybe that's why we don't hold an onus against the woman because it's involved in life and death situation. But normal financial matters, maybe we don't say onus Rahmana Patre that we're going to be lenient in cases of onsin. That is the um, that is that so that's the most question. Maybe so how, how does Rabba know not like that or Rabba? Vasnan says no because our mission says Nidre Onsin. What's the example of Nidre Onsin? A neder that is not binding because the condition is not triggered because it was an onus that triggers and you can't trigger with an onus. Our case, the the, the host declared a neder against the uh, guest. 
Either he got sick or his son got sick or he was restrained because of a river flooding. I forgot to mention, the Ron explained three levels. Chala means something he could not, physically he could not be there. Chala benai, physically he could be there. However, it's difficult because he has to take care of his son. That's a cold, that's even this case. And even more, where it's not physical that either he, he can't be there. Financially, he can't cross, but he would be able to get a boat. We're not requiring to get a boat to cross. So it's also considered to be an onus. So anyway, in all these cases, hare ilin your own sin, and the Nadarim aren't binding, they don't trigger because it's an onus. So you see that from Lanara, Sasadavar, we don't just say it applies by Kanabishlama, Rava on his own, or Rabba on his own could not say it. But we see the Mishnah holds that even monetary matters you can learn from Lanara or Sasadavar. That's how Rajan Siva seems to learn. And therefore it doesn't trigger. So that explains Pshat in Rava. Now, Rav Huna, the Ron explains, what does Rav Huna taka hold? Because Rav Huna holds, ah, our Mishnah says that an onus doesn't trigger. So how come Rav Huna does not say the same thing in the case of where the person gave over his financial documents and said, if I don't come back, then you can, these will be seated, there will be none in void. So, so the Ron says that the, child, the difference within, in the case of Rav Huna is that in the case of our Mishnah, it's the host making the, ne- the, the nether against the guest. So the host, it's not affecting him. It's not skin of his back whether the guest can eat or not eat by him. And therefore, he doesn't get into the nitty-gritty of protecting himself with being very specific on where the nether does apply. And it doesn't apply. So he'll say the nether in general terms, even though he doesn't mean it to apply in cases where there's an onus. But in the case of... The, uh, the, 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 the case that the Brysa brought down, that was the Ahu Gavra, in that case, it's affecting him. He himself is going to be hurt if his documentation is torn up. He should have been much more specific. This is what Rav Huna holds. There, Itaka should have been specific. If he does not want an onus to hurt him, he should have said, if it's an onus, I don't want this stipulation to go through. And the fact he didn't say it implies that unconditionally, if he cannot be there, then the stipulation is triggered. That's what Rav Huna holds. That there's a difference between our Mishnah, where it's not against him that it's being, he's not the one being hurt, so he doesn't have to be so specific. Where if it's you yourself is being hurt, you have to be much more specific. That's shot in Rav Huna according to the Ron. The more now questions Rava's position. Again, according to Rava, we learn out completely from that even all financial matters doesn't matter whether a person is imposing on himself he's imposing on others there is a special compensation for own sim and owns do not trek in the darim stipulations are not considered fulfilled if it happens through an owner what's the difference from what was learned this is in a Mishnah in the person says that uh, I'm about to go on, on a trip to travel, and he wants that the wife should not remain an aguna or make us be a suffolk uh, for yibum. So he says, your get will be triggered from now. Which means, if I don't show up in 12 months, retroactively from now, you'll be megureshes, and therefore will not be a shayla that you are megureshes and you will not fall to yibum. 
What happened was within the twelve months, Mesbet of Shemasar Chaydesh says the mission of the Hareza get it, it, it's a triggering event. Now, there's no greater onus than dying. So we're saying an onus doesn't trigger a stipulation in order to dec- uh, either to validate the net or validate a declaration. How could Misa, which is the greatest onus, trigger the event over there? Sigmora says, Amri, that the Bnei Shiva answered, is Dilma Shani Hasa. Maybe that is actually different over there. Because the whole vort we said in onus is that the person did not want, for example, in our case, the person did not want that the next bichal, if it's an onus that you couldn't show up, it means if you don't show up on your own volition, then you're going to be punished by a nether being placed upon you. But if you couldn't help being there, but here by the case of get, the whole if, the purpose of the, 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 the stipulation is that this woman should not be put in a situation that she should fall to yibum. Which basically, another way that the way the, way the Gemara uh, articulates this is, means if he knew that he was going to die in a short while, he for sure would have given the get now. So therefore, for sure it's a triggering event. Because if he knew he was going to die, he would want the get to happen now. So it's not that he wouldn't have wanted to happen if he knew because of the onus. No, that he, because of that, something like that type of an onus, he would have wanted it to trigger. So therefore, that's not an example. It's true, means there's an onus, but that type of an onus is not something that's going to hold of the trigger because the person wants it to trigger specifically because something of that nature happening. The Abiyad of the Miss, if he would have known for sure that he's going to die, Madan Min Al Alta Havagamar Fiyav Gitte would have been the immediately would have given it right now. Okay, we want to ask another Shaila again. My Shnahidama Lohu. The case the following case is brought down in uh, I believe this is in, in the Sevas Ksuvas. It says If the person says like this, he says that listen I don't show up within 30 days, let it be a get. Now, the Ron explains it can only be a get uh, from now. If he's giving it now, then from now it'll be a get retroactive in 30 days' time, right? So also, Pascha Nabara. Now, what happened was, is that the person waited until right before the end of the, t- the time, the end of the 30th day, and when he got there, the ferry had already left, and by the time the next one would come, he would have missed the date. So Amalahu, so he screams across the river, and he says, Chazud Asay, Chazud Asay, look, I'm here, look, I'm here. That's not considered to be coming. You have not fulfilled the stipulation, and the trigger has been put into place because you didn't show up, and therefore it is considered to be a get. So therefore, so uh, uh, what do we see? That even though the Gemara is assuming right now is that that wasn't a, a, a foreseeable, he didn't plan on not being able to cross with the with a with ferry by missing the ferry. So amai misnas on minas onis. So notice why should it trigger and why should it be? A get, and there he doesn't want it to trigger, right? He wants to come. He's screaming, "I want to go!" So why is that a case in onus, and it shouldn't trigger? So the Gemara says that Dilma unsedemiglayo shani, a foreseeable uh, onus, is, is is considered different. 
a ferry not being there by the time you get there is a foreseeable onus. What it's basically saying is that there's a difference between you getting there and not having taken into account that there will be a, a, a swell of water that won't allow you to cross and you getting there and missing the ferry. The ferry, you know the ferry leaves and therefore you know you might miss it. So if you really did not want the ferry to be held against you, you should have spoken out that if I'm not able to make it because the ferry is not going to be there, then it doesn't trigger. You didn't speak that out. That's not considered to be an onus that's beyond your control. That is an onus that you're aware of, and if you're aware of it and did not stipulate it, that type of onus will trigger the declaration, and it is considered to be a get. Now, the Gemara now circles back to Rav Huna. Rav Huna said, that this fellow made the following stipulation, right? He, he was gambling. He was saying, if I don't come within 30 days, then I am losing the right to make a claim with the documentation that I do have, right? So I want to ask the following question, is that there is a concept of an asmachta. An asmachta literally means a, um, a, 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 it's a, 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 something that you, that you rely on. Right? What that means, you, you rely on, and uh, you, you, you're relying on something that uh, that it's like a, 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 a condition that you really are not planning on on playing out. Gambling is considered asmachta. Most of assumes that everybody gambles, thinks he's, he's going to win. He doesn't assume he's going to lose. So there's a shyler that maybe gambling is also taking a person's money because it's like stealing. You, you don't assume you're going to lose. And so the point over here is, the person is making the following condition, not because he really meant that if I don't show up, you should go ahead and tear up my documents. He was just trying to show that you can, that, that you can rely on the fact that I'm going to be here because I for sure am not going to allow my documentation to be, uh, to be torn up. And if that's the case, if you hold that in halacha, asmachta lokanya, that in asmachta, something of this nature, where you are making some type of stipulation that, uh, the, that the negative impact of not doing what you intend to do is going to cause the person to have to give over his assets or take a loss, that it's not considered to be a valid declaration, a valid condition to make such a thing, because the person doesn't really think it's going to happen. So, Frank the Gemara, then according to Rav Huna, Mechti, Asmachtahu, this whole situation is an Asmachta. This person does in no way think that he's not going to show up in 30 days. He's so sure. He's saying, you can tear up my documents. It's like, almost like an exaggeration. Tear up my documents, I don't show up. But he intends to show up. So, something happened. He wasn't able to show up. How can Rav Huna say you can tear up his documents? The heart shouldn't be a binding stipulation. Smachta lo kanya. Smachta is not a binding... It's not, it's, not, it's not considered to be a valid commitment. It's not an, it's not an acquisition. You don't acquire someone's assets when it's through an asmachta. Right? So when it says that actually a machlok is where you hold smachta, kanya or loy kanya, take a look at the rhyme. Shani hafa, the mitzvah son, zechusan. And says, maybe it's different. Maybe generally, but just a verbal declaration. Somebody makes an exaggerated statement. I mean, you can tear it up. I don't show up. Then it's not taken seriously. But where he hands over to Bastin, he gives over the documents. So there's an action that uh, actualizes the articulation. Meaning, the Moses is like it's making a Kenyan. 
You make a Kenyan that you show that you're making a Kenyan on something that shows that there's mirrors das, that your intent is really there. So when there's an action to uh, solidify the articulation, maybe then you don't have a problem in Asmachta. It's not considered to be the problem of an Asmachta if it's accompanied with an action. That's what Mora is saying. And therefore, it's not a problem of Asmachta Lakanya here, according to Rav Huna. Because he gave over his document to Beistin to hold for him. And where there is an act that you've given something over to another party to hold on to, you've shown some type of action to, to, to uh, solidify your, 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 your declaration, then it's considered not a problem in Asmachta anymore. Frag the more, we know that's not true. Vatnam. Mishapara mitzvah The case over here was as follows. The, Ruvain lends Shimon a thousand dollars. Now when Ruvain lends Shimon a thousand dollars, Shimon writes a document for a thousand dollar IOU that Ruvain holds. Now what happened over here is that Ruvain came to Shimon and said, pay me up. And Shimon said, I only have, uh, half. So I'll pay you five hundred. It's still owe 500. However, now you have a problem because Shimon does not want Ruvain to hold on to the document of a thousand. Because if you still let him hold on to the document of a thousand, then technically Ruvain can come back and collect again. Nothing stops him from doing that. So Shimon doesn't want that to happen. So usually what happens is, is that Ruvain will write a receipt to Shimon that if Reuven pulls out the document for a thousand, Shimon will pull out the receipt for five hundred, so he won't be able to collect the full amount. But Shimon's concerned; he loses things. He doesn't want a receipt written. So basically, what he says is that I'm going to pay you the other five hundred. I'll tell you what: let's give the document over to Levy. Levy will be a third party. He'll hold it to the both of us. Levy knows I already paid five hundred, but I'm going to sweeten the deal. If within the next X amount of days, right, the next 30 days, I don't come and pay the balance of my, uh, of my loan, Ruv, uh, Levy can give it back to Ruvain. Essentially saying is that now you can go and collect again the $1,000. So what's the halacha? If he doesn't show up in 30 days... Can Levi give it back to him or to Ruvain, or can Levi not give it back to Ruvain? Would be wrong to give it to Ruvain, perhaps, because now he's going to be collecting another uh, full thousand dollars, even though five hundred of it was already paid. Or may and, and, and or maybe he, that, you, that's the deal you made. So if you made that deal, maybe we should follow through. So what's the halacha? But let's see inside. So when it's like now we learned me of the someone paid partial part of the, the loan. And he gave, he agreed that the star should be held by a third party. Instead of holding on to receipt, he said, give the star to a third party. And he sweetened the deal. He said to, the, to Ruben, to the Malva, he said to Levi concerning the Malva, he said to Levi, to the third party, if I don't show up and pay him the balance of what I owe, so then, ten loshtara, you can give it back to him, and he can collect the full amount with it. He gives manvelo and lo. What happens if the thirty days were up and he did not pay the balance of the debt? What do you do now? Pay the balance of the of the debt. What do you do with that? What does Levi do with that document? So he can give it back to Ruvain. Follow the stipulations; it's binding. And now Reuben has the right to collect, again, full thousand dollars. Rabbi Yehuda, I'm a and he should not give it back. 
Now the Chor, the one understands over here that this is because whether you hold a smachta kanya, smachta kanya, he's making a declaration that's completely detrimental himself. But he's only doing it because he wants to insist and show how sure he is that he's going to follow through. Therefore, so therefore Rabbi Yehuda says, you can't give it back. He never meant, he never meant that should happen. Rabbi Yehuda says, oh, second, that he said it, he said it. He's held account, smachta kanya. But Rabbi Yehuda says, smachta lo kanya. But you see, a smachta lo kanya, even though it was accompanied by an action of giving it over to a third party. So what's the difference over there, he gave it to a third party, and you see, according to the opinion, it says, smachta lo kanya. We still say, smachta lo kanya, even if it was with an action. And what's the difference in our case, where you gave over the documents, of, of Zechvasa, the documents that, 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 that the, the plaintiff gave over documents that he's going to collect from the defendant and he says if I don't show up you can tear it up and we said over there it's not a problem smart because it was done with like, and giving out to Basting like it's giving over to a third party with an actualizes the, the, the condition here too why is Rabbi Yehuda holds there's a problem of smart and how do we know that, that, that that's a pro, that, that, that's the issue because I'm Rav Nachman I'm Rav Baravu I'm Rav we don't pass on a Kabyosi. Why? To Amra Smachta Kanya, because he's based on a Smachta Kanya. We don't hold on a Smachta Kanya. We hold on a Smachta Lo Kanya. So you see, even if there's an action, it's still a problem of a Smachta Lo Kanya. So how do we reconcile the two concepts? Rav Huna, who holds that that you don't allow, that, 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 that Rav Huna says that you allow when the person gives over the document. We said that you can uh, that you can tear it up because since it involves an action, he says so. It's not a problem as machta kanya. It's like it's not a problem as machta because it was followed by an action. So then, why is it that halacha follows uh, Rabbi Yehuda and not like Rabbi Yossi? Because it's a problem as machta. It's also involving an action. So we want to say like this. In the Ran, actually, there's two different mahalchim. We'll try to make it fit like the easier understanding. Shanihachri da amar levatlan zechusei. Now, so the Ran says two pshat. Either that the difference is in the case of the property, I own the property, and I'm saying that this is my property, and I am not going to. I'm going to release my hold of it. It should go over to him. You should. He should own my property with. Uh, ostensibly in asmachta, right? That's just saying it should go over that, right? So we're saying now, what's the difference in over here? He should own my money. He should uh, and allow me collect and, and allow him to be collected to collect again a full thousand dollars. He says the difference is over here is as follows: shani hacha. That here it's different in the case of the uh, the 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 case of a regular as, asmachta. Because over here, this, this is the way the Ron explains it. The Ron says that if I don't show up in 30 days, what I'm really saying is that any proof that I had was false. It's not that saying, you're now transferring my property over to you. I'm not transferring anything over to you. I'm telling you that the documents that we had were forged, were not real. And therefore, it's like I'm just, it's a relinquishment. I'm showing that what I, what I said I had a claim to, I really don't have a claim. And therefore, in such a case, that is not a problem. And asmachta, in such a case, it's not a problem. Asmachta, I gave over the documents, and I'm saying that those documents are not real, are not are forged. So therefore, it's not a king. You're not being cone of something, taking it away from me, as much as me making an admission that that is not considered to be valid. That is. The, the way the Ron explains it. Whereas, in the case of the $500, it's my $500. I am transferring my $500 to you, you as a gift. 
I'm gifting you my fund and allowing you to collect another thousand dollars. Just that, even with an action and a smart, it's not going to take away from the fact that it's considered to be a smarta. There's no way that that's what I intended to happen, and that's not strong enough, even with an action, to say that I mean to therefore give over a, another whole thousand dollars. There, it's still considered to be a problem, a smarta, and you cannot give him back the document to Reuben, the document to let him collect a new thousand dollars, because such a, a way that to be gifting over my property to him, so it's different. One place you're actually gifting your property over to the other guy through a, a, a smarta, with an action, even it doesn't help. Where Whereas, in here, I'm just relinquishing my right to use that merit by basically admitting that it's not considered to be valid. That's the way the Ron explains. Let's just go with that explanation right now. Now, what's the Hilchah? So, what Lamaisa is the Halacha? Asmachta Kanya. Now, here, too, there's Machlokah is shown. So, Halacha is Asmachta Kona. What is Masmachta Kanya? So, some learn Asmachta Kanya in a case where it's only an admission or a relinquishment of rights, not actually transferring my property over to you. Like the case of the distinction we made before. The Ran seems to hold, no, the halacha is that asmachta is kona even in cases where property goes over. Now, it can't involve that what triggered the stipulation was an onus. If it's any kind of onus, even the ones that are not a full onus, the son being sick or not being able to, not wanting to have to pay for a ferry to cross, which was, was not foreseeable, in those cases, it would not trigger the, the, the declaration and, and cause the person to lose. So therefore, so even though a smart does it means only when there's no onus involved. And this is the, and this is the last piece. It has to take place in front of a significant base, and a base that people are going to take serious. Now, what exactly is this referencing over here? And again, the Ran brings down a machlok as we've shown him what this means over here. And the, Ran, the Ran himself feels that this, what means as follows, is that this only works if you do an action 30 days before giving you something over 30 days before. It can't take, it, it cannot be effective 30 days later because you need the action to happen at the time when it's supposed to be taking place. So you have to, generally you have to say, Ma'akshav, I'm giving you this retroactively from now. Right? If you don't say from now, then it can't work. Right? I said it before by get, but not necessarily it applies by get. Here's where it, where it applies. Now, the thing is that why else is the person doing it if he doesn't want it to work? And therefore, in certain circumstances, even if you never said ma'akshav, we are going to assume it works ma'akshav. But that's only if the stipulation is made in front of an important basin. When it's made in front of an important basin, we couldn't take seriously what he's trying to do. So then we say that even if you left out the word ma'akshav, he meant ma'akshav because he's really stepping, he has been serious about the stipulation that he wants it to be gifted from now, even if he didn't say it, we assume that that's what he means, because he's in front of an important basin, he's obviously saying something that he wants to take place, if in fact it does not follow through on what the stipulation is. That's how the run explains what the shot is, it has to be dafka in front of an important basin. It means if you didn't say the words ma'akshav, we're not going to assume it means ma'akshav, unless it's done in front of an important basin. Tell me how to do that.